Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. This week, uh, there was wrestling. It keeps getting worse, but we keep going. And we're going to be drinking some whiskey. Yeah. So that's what's happening this. <laughs> uh, this week we. Uh, that's fair. This week we've got an old standard, uh, just Jameson, straight up regular Jameson Irish whiskey, forty uh, percent alcohol by volume, eighty proof. It's another one of those. I, I could throw it in the same. I would throw it, I think, on the same level as the Jack Daniels, Jim Beam. Yeah. Well, it, it's, if you it's want, one of the, it's the four J's, right? Yeah, Jack, Jim, Jameson, and uh, what's the other one? Jack, Jim, Jameson, Johnny, Johnny. Yeah, uh, I would honestly say probably Jameson is one of the better ones out of all of those. It, it, you know, the thing is, like when, when you we say that, it's kind of a joke, right? But you know, Jameson's an Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny's a Scotch. Yep. Uh, Jack and Jim are both bourbon bourbons. Um, I would be willing to bet that just about everybody, your first dalliance with an Irish whiskey was Jameson because mm-hmm. it's the one that has been way more available in the U.S. forever. Yeah. Right. Bushmills is great, but. Jameson is is considerably more available than it is. Yeah. Uh, so if you had an Irish whiskey, you've had Jameson. Well, now, you know, we've got Bushmills. we got uh, Proper 12, which is a decent one as well. You know, there, there's several of them out there now. But this is the old standby. This is yeah, the one, this that is the one that's been the here forever. Yeah. And it's just good. Yeah. Like, there's there's no... I mean, we're not talking like this is as good as whiskeys that are double or triple its price. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a two hundred dollar bottle of whiskey, right? But, but what is Jameson's probably what, thirty, forty bucks if yeah, that. around that. It's around the same price as Jack. It's around the yeah. same price as uh Jim Beam, you know. And to me it's a better whiskey. But yeah. I like Irish whiskeys better than I like yeah. bourbons. So there's that. Your your taste preferences are gonna determine Yeah. Well, you know, know like okay, so for my wedding we had an open bar. Mm-hmm. And I had the option. There was Jack there. There was Jameson there. And I'm like, well, what do I, you know, do I want Jack or Jameson? I ended up getting a bunch of Jameson and Coke mm-hmm. because I like Jack is a little more burning. Yeah. Jack is more burning. When I'm wanting something like that, I didn't want the burn as much. So I wanted the Jameson and, and the Coke. And, and considering it, the way that your that bar was pouring at oh, your wedding. Man. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. They were pouring. (laughs) Yes. I think they were trying to make up for the fact that there were so many other issues, but. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, uh, down the hatch then? Down the hatch. Cheers. Cheers. So good. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's good. There's, it's got a sweet front to it yep it goes down there's enough tingle i wouldn't even call it a burn i'd say it's a tingle Mm -hmm. as it goes down which it's 80 proof i'm not expecting a ton of burn right but it's got a nice tingle when it goes down it's got great great flavor great mouthfeel i don't know there i can't you can't go wrong with james yeah period you want to mix it it's going to mix amazingly you want to sit down and sip it over some ice it's going to be just as good that way. Yep. So, shall we talk about what happened this weekend? Professional wrestling. I guess that's why we're here. All right. <laughs> so we have the uh, NXT North American Championship, which is a uh, NXT title, mm-hmm. was defended on Raw. It was. Uh, this was Dominic Mysterio is our champion. He won the the title on NXT last week, facing off against Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mysterio gets the win um, after a distraction of the Judgment Day attacking and beating down Kevin Owens. 
which I think Kevin actually either got injured there or he had been injured at a house show. Yeah, I've seen some conflicting reports on that. Uh, He's got a broken rib. Yep. And he's been working, apparently, according to some of the stuff, Mm -hmm. he had been working with it for a while, which, I mean, your rib's broken. There's there's not much you can can do do. to do, you know. Uh, But they wanted to give him some time off. Uh, Maybe it just got to a point where he needed, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I got to let this heal. Got to take a day or two. Yeah. Uh, so they took him out for right now. Unfortunately, means we're not going to see the tag titles defended at SummerSlam next week. Yep. But well, people are watching SummerSlam for exactly one reason. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. L A Night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got Becky Lynch defeating Zoe Stark uh, via pinfall. This that's good. is a to set up a match with Trish. That's good. It means Becky doesn't have to get on her knees and thank Trish and then tattoo Trish's name across her chest. So, you know. Yeah. Because that was the stipulation if, if Becky lost. Yeah. Can we at least <laughs> make realistic stipulations? Like, I'm sorry. That's going too far. Get on your knees and thank her. Sure. sure. I, I, can, can, I buy, can buy that one was going to happen. Tattoo name across the chest. Not happening. Not unless, you know, Becky had named her daughter Trish. Right. Which I'm 95% certain that she didn't. Uh, no, she did not. The <laughs> kid's name is... For some reason, I want to say Rose, but that ain't right. Uh, I don't... I'm not going to lie and pretend like I remember Becky and Seth's daughter's name. Um, Cody Rhodes cuts a promo on Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah. Bronson Rue. Reed. Rue. Rue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bronson Reed defeats Tommaso Ciampa with a splash. Alpha Academy cut Sir, a- sir, sir. No. Who who beat Ciampa? Bronson Reed. No, 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 no. That's not his name, sir. I, no. You're, you're wrong. That is Big Bronson Reed. Oh. Yeah. Vince is requiring that now. You didn't get the you didn't get the memo. I, not that memo. Okay. I, I know that he Vince has been inputting a, a lot of alliteration. Yeah, in it's big Bronson Reed. I think earlier you also said Dominic one. Uh, dirty Dom. That is Dirty Dom Mysterio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> Logan Paul accepted Ricochet's challenge for a match at SummerSlam. That's all we're going to talk about on that one. Uh, Damian Priest defeats Apollo Cruz via pinfall. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Ludwig Kaiser via pinfall. Finn Balor and Seth Rollins signed a contract for their SummerSlam match. And that was pretty much it. Um, There was, at the end of the show, uh, Sammy came out to save Seth. Yeah, I did see that. You know, so that was kind of the... Seth was getting... Beat down by everybody from Judgment Day, and Sammy came out, I think, with a chair. Mm-hmm. And it, the thing is, Monday Night Raw wasn't all that memorable. It really wasn't. And that's, you know, we joked about it earlier that wrestling's getting worse and worse. That's not a dig at the performers. No, not at all. The performers are amazing. But the storylines right now with a few exceptions, Bloodline, MJF, and uh, Adam Cole, they're just kind of forgettable. Exactly. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, I'll turn it over. Tell us what happened on Dynamite this so week. So, Dynamite kicked off with Orange Cassidy versus AR Fox for the International Championship. Uh, this was set up last week. Darby Allen asked Cassidy for this match for Fox. Um, Cassidy said, sure. So they have this match. Cassidy wins. After he wins, AR Fox attacks him, then kind of, oh, my God, what did I do? And rolls out of the ring and goes goes to leave. Darby comes down and starts yelling at him, you know, how dare you do something like that? You know, I put my neck out here for you. You know, why would you do that? Uh, while this is going on, John Moxley rolls in the ring and attacks Orange Cassidy. Um, so yay for that, I guess. <laughs> Um, Jack Perry cuts a promo where Jerry Lynn comes out and tells him that he's terrible. Yay. That was unnecessary. 
uh, Pack versus Gravity, which was cool. Uh, the match so wasn't super awesome, right? But the fact that uh, uh, at the beginning of this match, Pac is in the ring, Gravi- Gravity's in the ring, and Gravity looks at him and basically mimes because he's he's a luchador, so he's wearing a mask, and it's like, "Who are you?" And Pac's like, "It's I'm Pac." It doesn't ring a bell. Who are you? And on commentary, they're saying, you know, back, you know, back in the day, Pac went by a different moniker. The guy that Gravity forgot, calling back to when he was uh, Adrian Neville, uh, and and this this went on for like thirty seconds or so of Gravity just being, like, I, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, that was kind of funny. The match itself was okay. Yeah. Uh, Darby had a match versus Swerve Strickland. We're Strickland wins, and A.R. Fox comes out and attacks Darby Allen and joins the vocals. That was expe- That was set up as soon as A.R. Fox attacked uh, Cassidy at the first match. We were like, "Yep, he's gonna he's gonna turn on Darby during the during his match." And sure enough, that happened. Britt faced uh, Taya Valkyrie. Britt wins. Um. I really wish I knew what they were doing with Taya Valkyrie. She's won one match. So, hooray. The main event was uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus Lucha Bros versus Best Friends, where the Lucha Bros win, which set up a just all-out brawl to, to go off the air. So, and of course... If, for those taking uh, taking notes at home, yes, Moxley did bleed. Of course, he did. Was did anybody question that? Like, just just you know, John Moxley was just in, keeping the counter going. So yeah, Moxley bleeds. Uh, in other news, the sky blue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Friday night SmackDown. We have uh, Jay Uso coming out to start the show. Interrupted by Roman, and Roman says, uh, "I don't. Who do you think you are? I love this that. is my show. I'm on the show, so I'm starting the show. Yeah, what do you think you're doing?" Um, so that was a fun little promo. There, uh, we get a uh, promo in the back where Grayson Waller says, "After he lo- after Jay loses to Roman at SummerSlam, if he wants to come on the Grayson Waller effect and get that Grayson Waller rub." Uh, which sounds much dirtier than it is, then he can do so. That causes Jay to punch Jason or uh, uh, Grayson and send him uh, setting up a match. We have Santos Escobar defeating Rey Mysterio via referee, 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 <laughs> referee stoppage to win the U.S. Championship Invitational. We're going to see Santos Escobar versus uh, loser, what's-his-face, uh, for yeah, the title theory. theory, yeah, um, yeah, Ray got legit hurt here. Uh, okay, because I hadn't seen anything. Yeah. I knew that there was questions Ray because was, it was originally said no, this is storyline, and then there was mm-hmm. I got conflicting information, so, so I took that down and from Fightful. Okay, uh, Ray was legit hurt. Santos Escobar was supposed to win clean, mm-hmm. and then there was going to be a backstage segment where you know Ray. You know, talk to him up. Hey, man, you just beat me. You deserve this. That kind of thing. Um, the segment was scrapped because Ray was hurt. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely looked like a little confusing mm-hmm. down there. And Santos actually looked concerned. Yeah. Uh, it didn't look like it was that heel. <laughs> I no, got the, the... No, no this, the, this looked like there was actual actually some concern there and that they weren't quite sure how to proceed. Yeah before somebody got into the referee and I, I yeah. forgive me, I don't remember the referee's name. It was, uh, but she got out of the ring, went over and said that yeah. Ray can't continue. We have to call the match. Santos is the winner. Uh, we have LA Knight, Yeah. yeah defeating Ashante Adonis via pinfall. And uh, like, that was like the quickest match in like 50 something seconds. I, uh, yeah. It was like, I think two moves. Yeah, pretty much. It really wasn't much. And to to remember that Ashante Adonis and the rest of that group were so highly 
mm-hmm. you know, pushed when they first debuted and then when they re-debuted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, we have Asuka uh, Io Sky having a verbal confrontation backstage. It was in Japanese. Nobody understood what was happening, but they don't like each other. Um, Adam Pierce booked LA Knight and Sheamus in a singles match next week and added them to the Battle Royal at SummerSlam. And Karrion Cross defeated Carl Anderson via pinfall. Uh, this was a pretty quick match as well. Uh, not as quick as <laughs> LA Knight. But uh, this is all building to Cross and uh, uh, AJ at SummerSlam. Yep. And then we have Jey Uso defeating Grayson Waller via pinfall. And the bloodline attacking. Of you course. Know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, Roman stands tall with the belt at the end of the yeah. show. I think, and, and I honestly don't know, because I don't know if Jimmy actually has injuries or if they just pulled him off for storyline reasons. I feel like maybe it's storyline reasons. They just pulled him off, so he's not there. He doesn't have the backup, and he's going to pop back up at SummerSlam. Well, I I think because, remember, Bloodline is banned from ringside. Right. As, like, the one rule of tribal combat. And that's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking it's going to be at SmackDown next week. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. As a, hey, and then I'm back. I'm tall. ready to go. And little brother, Solo, if you try to pull something. I got you. I'm yeah. going to stand in front. Like, you got to go through me before you can get through to him. So we'll see what happens. But that was SmackDown. Cool. Rampage, we kicked off with the Tag Team Battle Royal to determine who would be the number one contender for the tag belts. Uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage win this. So next Saturday on Collision, they will fight whoever wins between MJF and FTR. Uh, Commander and Kip Saban fought where Commander won. The Kingdom fought... uh, Yang Ye Lee and Hayden Backlund, who I have no idea who those people are, so you can pretty much guarantee who won uh, the kingdom. And then Nyla Rose versus Sheeta, where Sheeta beat Nyla Rose. Hooray, that was Rampage. Then, of course, Saturday we had Collision, which I actually watched this week. I was home, figured, hey, I'll watch Collision, see what's going on, right? Um... The show wasn't terrible. You had a ladder match, uh, Andrade versus Buddy Matthews. The ladder match was for Andrade's mask, which we can get into the storyline in a minute. The match was not bad. It wasn't great, uh, but uh, Andrade wins. Backstage segment where Tony Siobhan is interviewing Miro, but then Aaron Solo attacked him. And then Miro beat him down, and that was that. We had Darby Allen come out and fought Minoru Suzuki, <laughs> where uh, Darby Allen wins. And and true to Tommaso Ciampa's theme song, no one will survive that. Yeah. <laughs> Darby wins. Uh, of course, Darby's the the number one contender for the TNT title. So on the screen afterwards, Christian and Luchasaurus show up, and Christian is standing in front with the title on his shoulder, um, talking about how as long as he has this title on his shoulder, uh, no one's gonna win it. Well, duh, because you're not the TNT champion. Um, and Luchasaurus is just standing there like a big dumb idiot, which. I, I kind of hate all of that. Kind of? Luchasaurus is not the best wrestler. Like, right. uh, let's well, be realistic. We'll get here. into that. Because okay. that's, something, that's something I do want to dig into. Uh, we got Samoa Joe versus Gravity. So, Samoa Joe wins. Um, CM Punk comes out and cuts a promo in the ring. Um, talks about how... He, you know, has lost twice now to Ricky Starks. Both times Ricky cheated. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Ricky Starks cuts in. And, and the way Ricky did it was the best, right? So Ricky pops in and said, well, before that, 
Punk says, you want to know what's in the bag? Because he's got his bag with him. He takes the original AEW title out. He lays it on the ground and spray paints an X across the center of it. This is my mark. You know, straight X has always stood for straight edge. And straight edge always stood for I'm better than you. Uh, that's my original catchphrase. People need to quit stealing things from me. MJF is on this show. He's in the back right now. Nothing said. Starks comes out on the top of the ramp and goes, Oh, my bad, I came out too soon. Y'all pretend that y'all didn't see me and act all surprised when I come back out. He walks, he runs to the back, then his music hits, he comes out, crowd pops. He comes down, uh, Punk, he tells Punk, you know, I should be the champion, I beat you twice now. That should be my belt. Uh, Punk's, you know, they, they do their little back and forth. It ends up with a match uh, next week. So, there you go. Uh, I kind of sort of hate all of it when it comes to that, mainly because I, I, I kind of sort of hate this whole idea of I never lost a belt, so I'm still the champion. Look at me, man. I mean, it's just brave of CM Punk to want to be associated with the letter X right now. Right. Considering everything else that's going on around the letter X right now. For For real. Um, we got Juice Robinson and the Gun Club fighting Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang is what they're calling themselves. That's the the Gun Club and and Juice. They win. Uh, Kira Hogan versus Mercedes Martinez. Martinez wins. Won't release her submission hold on Hogan. Statlander comes down. Statlander goes to check on Hogan. Mercedes Martinez attacks her. Willow comes down for the save. Then we got our main event. Your AEW World Tag Team Champions. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR. Versus MJF and Adam Cole. Bay Bay. Bay Bay. And uh, FTR wins. Clean in the ring. but Which is what we all expected. It's what we expected, but... Here's, here's where this story continues to be good. MJF shoved Adam Cole out of the way of a shatter machine. Went to, ended up rolling up Wheeler, getting attacked by a Harwood and pinned. So MJF took the pin. After the match, Cole rolls out of the ring, grabs the belt, hands it to MJF. It's all right, man. It's no big deal. You're still the champ. It's all right. It's good. Cole goes over to the other side of the ring, and he's you know he's working up the crowd. And the camera's on Cole's face, and you can see MJF in the back. And MJF's holding the belt, and he looks over at Cole. And he stands up, and he's holding the belt like he's fixing to hit him. And Cole, you can see Cole's demeanor change. And he just kind of looks down, and he holds his arms out like, Christ-like. That's the <laughs> only way I can describe this, right? And just yells, do it. If you have to do it, do it. I understand, you know, that kind of stuff. MGF sits there for a few minutes and then just throws the belt down. Cole's like winced up, and when the hit doesn't come, he turns around, and MGF's just standing there. And the crowd starts chanting, hug it out, hug it out. So they go hug in the center of the ring. Um, and then they cheer, you know, and the MJF picks up the belt, and, you know, he's holding it up, and they're for the, the corner post, you know, the whole thing for the, the to go off the air. Um, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. It, it wasn't the MJF turns on Cole, which was the – that's what all of us kind of expected because that's the odds-on favorite. The odds-on favorite because it's the easy trope. Uh, it wasn't Cole turning on MJF, which some of us we were all saying would be kind of interesting. It, I mean, it's it was the second favorite option because it, it is the other trope. Like mm -hmm. these are the two tropes that you do, <laughs> right? So I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it. I want to see where it goes uh, because hey. I'm all for MJF and Cole staying together as this team. Uh, they 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 called for the double clothesline several times and it never got hit. So I'm liking this tease. 
I'm I'm a little disappointed that they actually have hit one double clothesline. I know. I kind of wish like, they wouldn't have. Like, like I kinda if they wish hadn't, they never would have gotten one, but they keep calling for it. Yeah. You know. But hey. Um. But yeah, that was that was collision. Uh, so where do we want to go first? Oh, uh, let's talk about Ric Flair first, because this lit a fire under me earlier this Ric week. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. I'm, I missed this piece of news. So no, Ric Flair. Earlier this week, posted or did, said something on his podcast mm-hmm. that there's only three real athletes in professional wrestling that he can think of off the top of his head. Okay, Kurt Angle. Okay, Brock Lesnar. Okay, Charlotte Flair. No. What did Charlotte do as an athlete? Uh, she was a gymnast. Okay, so was now, Bianca. Well, here's the thing is, one, everybody who's in professional wrestling at a WWE, AEW level yeah, 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 yeah. is an athlete. So so <laughs> I think we can all agree on that part. Well, no, I just Let, wanted to, to yeah, say yeah, yeah, that yeah. part sure, out. Sure, sure, sure. But now, let's go down this list real quick. And this is just quickly off the top of my head. Bianca Belair, you said. Yes. She was a collegiate level All-American yeah. in track and field. Okay, yeah. I was thinking so, of gymnastics, but track and field. Yeah. Track and field. And then you have... Chad Gable. Chad Gable, who is a Olympic caliber amateur wrestler. Yeah. Didn't make it very far, but he made it to the Olympics. Made it to the Olympics. Baron Corbin uh, was a football player. Football player, professional football player. And this could be storyline, so don't hold me to this, but I think Golden he also Gloves was boxer. Golden Gloves boxer. I, so was Kevin the, Owens. You know, you also have Braun Strowman. Who power was lifter. power lifter? Look, Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? Uh, Big Show was a collegiate basketball player. Yeah. Trying to, and I, I get that he was trying to buff up Charlotte. One, she doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Two, insulting all of these other people. Right. Shelton, Benjamin Shelton Benjamin was Brock's. Coach at yes. University of Minnesota. Yeah. I, coach and roommate. Yeah. But, like, trying to buff Charlotte <laughs> and put down everybody else that does what they do is the wrong way to go about it. It's the ramblings of an old man. It, it's, a, it's the ramblings of an old man who realizes that as much of a mark as Ric Flair has made on the industry, and you go back, you look at the Shawn Michaels, the, sure. the Stone Colds, they all say Ric Flair's the greatest professional wrestler. And, and, and they're not talking mm-hmm. necessarily about skill set. They're talking about the whole package. Yeah, there's no denying and there's the, no, the status of Ric Flair, right? However, and this is something I was thinking about the other day. You know, when we were kids, you know, and we looked up to... The Hogan's, the Flares, Macho Man's, you know, those were our, our, our heroes, right? Now that everybody, including two uh, out of shape dudes in South Mississippi, can have a podcast. Yep. And you get to hear the thoughts behind some of these older wrestlers, you know, from the, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I'm beginning to think that podcasts are a bad idea. Um, speaking as <laughs> somebody who has not one but several, you know, two podcasts, um, yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, and it's it's not just Flair, right? We can talk about Flair. I understand where he was going here. He has made some some questionable comments. Well, and that's the thing is you see guys like Flair who are just grasping for the fame and attention that they once had. Even Um, Nash. I like Kevin Nash. He seems to be a pretty upright dude, but he makes comments sometimes that are just like, are you even paying attention to the product? And with Nash, I think it's because Nash has a very specific idea. Mm Mm-hmm. And current wrestling doesn't match what his idea of professional wrestling well, his, is. His idea of it, professional wrestling is late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, where it, he was big. And and that's fine. Like, we can all agree to say this is what we think professional wrestling is or, or what we think is good. I like the smaller guys in professional wrestling. Yeah. I like that your world champions 
aren't these behemoths anymore, that they are, you know, they're still tall. They're still big guys, but they're not six foot eight, 370 pounds. I can appreciate the more athletic, more technical side of wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I can also appreciate the big meaty men slapping meat side of wrestling. Yeah. I know there are people out there that don't like one or the other. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm still going to pop. Yeah. You know, whenever I see like the old Undertaker versus Big Show type stuff, when I see, you know, any of those, the, the big dudes, the Braun Strowman versus, you know, uh, Roman Reigns type things, when you have the big guys in the ring and it's like, okay, you know, this is just going to be a whole lot of punching. It's going to be a hoss fight. It's going to be a hoss fight. I'm for it. Yeah. No, I could get behind it. I'm also for Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. Exactly. And them flying around the ring and never touching the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't need to be. And, and I think the these older guys, and I probably should include myself in this because here I am throwing my thoughts out there to the world. But we don't need to be putting down others to get people over at this point. You're right. I, I, I will. I especially, can, I can put someone down on their own merit. <laughs> but especially Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair does. The best thing that could happen to Charlotte right now is for Rick to go away mm-hmm. completely. Because she's getting a lot of the heat that Rick is generating. Mm-hmm. Un- unintentionally. I-, I think Rick well, is trying to say, my daughter's great. You should check her out. But she's been shoved down our throat so much with the titles. Yep. Currently being shoved down our throat with a title. Yeah. I, and, Let, and Charlotte has, she's reached the level where she doesn't need the title. Let's not forget that in this match that's coming up with Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka, Asuka's the champ. Yeah. But this is a not Charlotte, Charlotte Bianca feud. Not Bianca. Asuka's the champ. You know, you didn't mention it, but there was a tag match on Raw. No, it was on SmackDown. The women's tag match was on SmackDown. It was, you know, and the women's tag champions are Lacey, uh, Lacey Green and uh, Sonya Deville. Right? Mm-hmm. And they fought Charlotte and Bianca. I did skip over that. I missed that. That yeah. was my bad. And Charlotte and Bianca were thrown together last second because... Like, Bianca didn't even want it. <laughs> because Bianca was in the back doing a promo, and Green and DeVille walked up, and they they cut their Mean Girls act. And Charlotte walks up and goes, Hey, Bianca, why don't we beat their ass? And Bianca's like, uh, girl, I love you, but no, no, which was weird to say her and say that she loves Charlotte. Cause so they team up and they go beat your, your tag champions. The two, the, the, can they coexist, you know, beat your tag champs. Gee, I wonder who booked that. Huh? (laughs) Right. Huh? So wonder if his name, um, Sounded like uh, Mance Vic Man, oh. maybe, <laughs> but but yeah, it just there is no taking away how good of a wrestler Charlotte is. No, one hundred percent. She's great. Like she she really is. She's great. The problem. The storylines are her problem. The problem with Charlotte is you know she just recently came back, right? Which. She needs to go away and come back. That's supposed to make somebody, you know, you're supposed to get that pop. You're supposed to get that, oh, hey, they're back. That's awesome. Charlotte has worn out any goodwill that she has with the fans, and it's not necessarily her fault that when she went away and came back, Large part of the fans were like, couldn't you have stayed away a little longer? I'd say a big problem with Charlotte is, is every time Charlotte's on screen, mm-hmm. every single time, 
she's involved in a title picture. Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. She doesn't need to be. We as fans don't want to see Charlotte in the title picture anymore. I, I don't need Charlotte in this feud. What I needed from this feud was Asuka and Bianca. Bianca's this, you know, the the baby face, the, the hero. She loses to Asuka. They have a rematch. She loses to Asuka. This needs to be the downfall of Bianca where she turns heel. Mm-hmm. Where she, where Asuka, basically Asuka forces her to become a heel. Uh, because she can't win legit because Asuka keeps cheating. Asuka, Asuka being Japanese, you know, they're, they're venomous. So because of the, the mist, because of all of this, Bianca can't win. And that forces Bianca to turn into that heel that, you know, I had to do what I had to do. Uh, I, the, 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 uh, I think it was, it was Kobe. I never wanted to be a role model. I think that was Kobe Bryant. He was a basketball player. Yeah, it sounds like something Kobe would say. Um, Sounds like something he said after after he said after the sex scandal stuff. It sounds like (laughs) I'm sure we'll get an email. Somebody telling me you idiot. It's not him. But she needs to go down that I never wanted to be a role model line. Bailey tried it. Like you know. She came out when she went heel first originally. She said, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a role model. But then she kind of twisted it and became the role model as a bad guy, which didn't work. And she's kind of stuck in that and right now. She's kind of stuck there. Bianca, Bianca could easily become that. I never wanted to be a role model. I never wanted to be the hero. Uh, you people forced me to do this. And because of that... I don't have my championship. I can't win. So screw you. Yeah. I'm going to win. Um, and I think that would be an entertaining story for Bianca because she really needs to be refreshed somehow. And what Charlotte needs to be doing at this point is she needs to be feuding with Liv Morgan or with uh, Shayna Baszler or with... I don't know, half a dozen of these other women who just need that little bit of a touch to to elevate to the top. Right. You, Charlotte, she doesn't have to lose to them. But have her go out there, have Liv Morgan go out there against Charlotte and put on a quality match where Mm -hmm. Charlotte barely gets the win. And and Liv Morgan's a bad example because she's already got that following and they can move her into the top position if they want to. Exactly. But, like, she's, use Charlotte to elevate your lower card. Charlotte should be there to elevate Shotzi. Yeah. She should be there to elevate Aaliyah yeah. when she comes back. Um, Tegan. Heck, Dakota. Yeah. You know, Charlotte should be there 100% as that I have been here, I have done everything. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. Who can step up to Charlotte Flair Mm -hmm. and get that rub? And then in a year, 18 months, Charlotte says, you know what, I'm bored of elevating everybody else and not mm-hmm. getting the recognition I deserve. Mm-hmm. That title's mine. I'm coming for it. Yeah. Have and ever, then, <laughs> then you have yeah. a compelling reason for Charlotte to be in the you title You can even picture. have her drop the line of, I'm not going to be the women's division Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Think about it. Dolph no, I know. Yeah. I get it. I, but... You give her some time away, develop a character that doesn't revolve around Charlotte being the champion. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you can. This is something that all of the wrestling people out there need to understand. You can give more than one story to the women's division, and it can be more than about the belt. You know, uh, I think it was on Rampage. No, it was on Dynamite. Production truck is cutting across the crowd. 
and they lingered for a while on a sign that said, Tony, book the women's division better. So there's been some rumors going around that there's some issues in the AEW's women's division. Uh, I, I would say so. That, you know, there. it's not difficult to book a good women's division. You have, you now have five hours of TV. And and before we go into this, there are going to be people that are going to say, well, you should watch ROH. Their women's division is amazing. They have a lot of matches and they do stuff and Athena's awesome. And you know what? I 100% agree. Does ROH have a TV deal where I can watch them weekly? For free? For free? No. No, they don't. I can, I can pay for the ROH streaming service if I would like to, but I can watch five hours of AEW on my television because I have cable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can, we can leave that out to me. That's like saying, Oh, well, I mean, if you, if you like the women's division, you should watch impact. Yeah, I probably should. And it's got a TV deal, but it ain't AEW. No. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the AEW women's division. We're talking about last week on dynamite. The women got roughly a minute. Where are the outcasts? They're not they're not around anywhere. Not seeing them on TV. Where's Serena Deeb? Hadn't hadn't seen her around in a while. I don't get what's going on with the women's division in AEW. Jade Cargill has said she kind of doesn't want to come back. Yeah. So she was pushed to the moon, 60 matches undefeated. Yep. You spent over a year with this woman as your champion, undefeated. And we talked a lot about how she didn't deserve to be there. And I stand by that. She didn't need to be the TBS champion undefeated with as green as she was. Mm -hmm. I stand by that. But she was pushed like crazy. And now she's saying that she legit doesn't want to come back. What? That's a problem. This all seems to come back to Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm saying that as, you know, not just a, well, you know, Tony's the one in charge. You can have people that don't like each other that work together. Yeah. WWE's had it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like Tony and people under him, Christopher Daniels, uh, you know, others, at least when it comes to the women, they're bad managers. They don't see the value in, women, in women's wrestling. They don't see the value in women's wrestling. And I'm, I'm taking that out of it. They are bad managers. Yeah. Because they're not managing... Their people backstage, which is leading to you know these what? issues with I'm, Britt I'm, Baker and Thunder Rosa. And I'm going to call you on one thing. You said they're okay. not good managers. No, they are managers. They're bad leaders. Fair enough. And and call it fair, a corporate fair, speak fair, for whatever enough. you want. Fair enough. Not, <laughs> you know, um, but managing ain't ain't hard. No, you. you Sign some lines, you check some boxes, and you're done. Being a leader is much more difficult. That's where they're failing. Mm. They're they're putting, well, they said I got to have a women's segment, so here's a women's segment. Oh, why didn't they like the women's segment? I don't know. It could be because you didn't spend any time with it. You didn't let them try to build a story. You didn't do anything like this. It's clear to me that some of these women, the only time they're getting in the ring is on a Wednesday or Friday or Saturday night that they're not putting in work outside of the show. I mean, and and look, it's your career. Do what you want with it. But put in some work off television to better yourself. Like we've talked about Ruby Soho. When she was Ruby Riot in the WWE, 
She was pretty damn good. You remember how excited we were when Ruby debuted in AEW? We were, and we're super like, excited that she was going to come over here. Ruby's gone backwards. Yeah. Tony Tony's Storm gone backwards. has gone backwards. Taya and Britt, the match they just had this week, it was not good. Uh, Taya Valkyrie? Okay. And okay. Britt Baker? Yeah, the uh, match they just had. I had Ty Conti. I'm like, she didn't wrestle. That's She's got I, a baby. That's also something I, I forgot. <laughs> that's something I forgot to talk about with the whole JAS breaking up. Yeah. Um, you know, Ty Valkyrie and Britt, that should have been a great match. It wasn't. It was serviceable. You know, Taya is very talented in the ring. You can go mm-hmm. watch a lot of what she's done. Britt has put in work. Like, Britt's the one person in AEW that I will say seems to have gotten better. Yeah. As AEW has progressed. But she's also plateaued. Yeah. So, like, uh, it, it seems to me that it is a almost like maybe a a, a, a vicious cycle at this point. Tony doesn't want to put the women on TV because their their matches are consistently just not great. Because their matches aren't great, they're not really putting a ton of effort into it because they know they're not going to get on TV. So when they do get on TV, their matches aren't great. Mm-hmm. And here we go. And they need to get out of that mindset. Mm-hmm. I just I because don't, I I don't get when I can say. The WWE has a better grasp on their women's division, even though we just sat here and shat on Charlotte Flair for a while. But um, we didn't we didn't shit on her skills. Right. We shat on her storylines. Story. But across Raw and SmackDown, so five hours of TV, which is what AEW has now, yeah. five hours of TV. Raw and SmackDown had several women's segments. Several and not all, not all of them were in the ring. Not all were in the ring. There was several backstage segments yep. that were used to progress story. There was stuff there. AEW this week had a women's match on Dynamite, one on Rampage, and one on Collision. And we saw Anna Jay yeah. and uh, Ty, Ty Conti. Chris Jericho. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So, yeah. It, it just... I don't get it. Put some work in. Hire somebody. If if Tony, if he doesn't want to book a women's division, that's fine. Like, it, not ev- it's not everybody's, you know, cup of tea, but you're running a national televised weekly wrestling program that is the number two wrestling program in the company or in, in the country. Yeah, it's expected and that you have this. It's expected that you have this. If you don't have the desire or the ability to book it and, and to lead it correctly, hire somebody that can and give them 30 minutes a show or whatever it is. I, I wouldn't you even know. say that. Like you can give them you could give them twenty minutes on collision, twenty minutes on dynamite and Five minutes on rampage, whatever it is. But you, you, you know, give them time. Give them. You time. have to give them. Give time. them more than what they got. And you, you have somebody who is the leader and the booker of that mm-hmm. division, and somebody who can sit down with all of these personalities and be like, "All right, what's our actual problems here?" I think that's the over. I think that's the bigger problem in AEW. The women's division is just a symptom. Mm-hmm. I think a side effect, even or whichever way you want to call that, in the fact that AEW is run like an indie promotion. Yeah, you know the uh, you want your talent to have some creative control, and Tony has said multiple times that at the end of the day, all of it comes from him. You know, he doesn't, you know, they have some creative input, but they don't have full control. And, and okay, sure. But you can't yes, you, you can't yes, sir, them when they come forward and say something like your Jericho's, your Moxley's. As much as I like both of them uh, as wrestlers, you, you can't have your two hour dynamite 
okay, Jericho, you're going to get 30 minutes, and Moxley, you're going to get 30 minutes. So everybody else on our roster can share an hour. Yeah. Your roster's too big for that. Yeah. So you, you've got collision. Well, you know, now we've got collision, and we've got this whole, like, all right, so you kids are the bad kids, so you go over here on Saturday, and you kids stay over here on Wednesday, and never the two shall meet. Mm-hmm. You know, except they do, but you get what I mean. No, no, we everybody uh, understands. But it's just not, like, like I'll say this, right? So watching Collision Saturday, that's the first time I actually sat down and was like, like, I've had it all. This was the yeah. first time I sat down and said, I'm going to watch Collision. And overall, Collision... Even though I had complaints about a couple of things, it was a much better show than Dynamite. And then you find out that Collision is mostly run and booked by Brian Danielson and Punk. As much as I dislike Punk at the moment because of his actions and things of that nature, um, Collision was the much better show this week, by far. And, and remember, Brian Danielson took a step back from his professional wrestling because he understood after he came back, mm-hmm. he understood that, Hey, I'm not gonna be able to do this forever if much yeah. longer. And so he was working with WWE. Yeah. He was, he was as a as like writer, a producer, and, writer, that kind of thing, you know? So like he's picking up those skills. Uh, Adam Pierce talked about this a few weeks ago on a podcast or a, a tweet or something. Uh, he, he talked about, how when he was a wrestler, when he was an active wrestler, he took it upon himself to sit in the back, ask the question, study with the people that were producing the show, and gain those skills yep. so that he didn't always have to be in the ring. Uh, and, and here he is at 40, 45, whatever, however old Adam Pierce is now, Yep. And he does, he, and, and it, this is how he ended his tweet. And, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I don't have it in front of me or, or whatever to quote him, but I'm not wrestling right now because I don't have to. Yeah. And Shavu's made that same comment, um, Dean Mal- or, or similar comments, right? On the whole learning, mm-hmm. uh, Dean Malenko made those comments, uh, Danielson. Look at Dolph Ziggler right now. You know, two times we've referenced him in this show. Why? Um, he's in a producer role right now yeah. backstage. And he's made that comment that it's a way to continue your career when your career is over. Yeah, you know, go back and you, you look at guys from the 80s and the 90s who didn't do that. You know, Arn Anderson is one that did. Uh, uh Dean Malenko is one that did. But you go back and you look at the guys that didn't do that. They ended up broke. Mm-hmm. Or they ended up staying. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> like, they ended up. They're, bu- they're, they're flat broke. Look at broke. Abdullah the Butcher just had a, a, a show on Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And you, you can, there are arguments to be made, I think, from what Dark Side brought up about him as far as, you know, Positives and negatives. The man lives in a rundown apartment shack. Is nearly flat broke. Yeah. Because, and he said, he, 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 even on the show, he blamed himself for it. He never learned how to read and write. And he never took advantage of any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he ended up where he is because of his own actions. And he, he says that, but I mean, that's a, that's a dude that we grew up watching. Uh, I mean, you, you look at Kamala, look at Kamala. He ended up broke, broke and missing his legs. Uh, yeah. And you know, diabetic and you know, you, you look at all of these guys. I, I, I can't speak to Jerry Lawler's financial status. But he transitioned out of professional wrestling, out of you know a wrestling yeah. role for the most part, yeah, and onto the commentary table, which extended his career by and twenty plus years. Sure, I'm sure there are, there are circumstances that float around. You know, we used Abdullah and Kamala as examples. Um, there are 
motives mm-hmm. in there that that can be read into uh, on those two. Um, but yeah, you know, you can you can see the ones that were either given the opportunity or took the opportunity versus the ones that didn't. Well, you compare. There you go. You, you compare the the guys and, and you know Abdullah Kamala. You go back. You look at other guys. Look at what Tyler Breeze has done. Yeah, Tyler Breeze took the money he was making and NXT and WWE. He invested it in real estate, mm-hmm. so that when WWE let him go, he didn't even bother trying to go out there. Yeah, and and. Go to AEW he's or done go like to one or two indie shows. Yeah, he, he just does for fun because he does they a couple were indie him. shows, and now he's contracted to WWE for Up Up Down Down. Yep. But he makes his living off of his real estate investments, mm-hmm. and we could go down another rabbit hole. This isn't the show for that. Right. On, you know, the political side and the the moral side Landlord of that. Just come. Um, uh, but we can. Get, that's a, that's for another show. But he did something, and he he took his money, and he planned for his future. And I think that that's what we were getting at is... And it's like that across all sports, too. You know, you can can see the the basketball players, the football players, the baseball players, you know, all that that planned ahead Mm -hmm. versus the ones that were like, oh, I'm 20 years old, and I got a million dollars? What? Well, and, and you see, about 20 years ago now, there was this uptick in all of these sports organizations where somebody realized, hey, we have these guys come in. You know, you talk about NFL contracts. They're making tens of millions of dollars as young kids just out of college. Right. You go over to the NBA, they might not even have gone to college. And they're making all of this money and nobody is talking to them about, about what huh. you do when you have what money. happens when you're 40 and you can't do this anymore and or 30 and you can't yeah. do this anymore. And so WWE started implementing it when they got their, uh, uh, the, the, whatever the, I'm blanking on what WWE calls NXT. The, uh, developmental, yeah. When they got their developmental center, center, uh, you've got the NBA teams and the NFL teams, and I think this probably comes through the players' union. Yeah, but, but they're now offering financial literacy classes. Mm-hmm. Well, look at what I, Xavier Woods said. Yeah, you know, Woods Woods has has been on record several times as saying, you know, he still lives pretty much like he did before he was a wrestler because he's saving all this money so because he knows he can't do this forever. Yeah. And he wants to make sure that he's taken care of and his family's taken care of. You know? Ex- extremely smart. Compare that to 30 yeah. years ago. Dark Side of the Ring talks about it a lot. You know, they do these wrestlers and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I was on top of the world, I was making millions upon millions of dollars, and now I can barely afford McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Because I spent, I was spending, you know, $30,000 a month on cocaine and pain pills. Yeah. You know, I was buying every car, every house, and every prostitute that I could find. Yeah. You know, instead of being smart and saving money. And then you compare that then to comments like The Undertaker made about all the boys in the back now are soft. They just want to play video games. Bro. (laughs) What what should they be doing, Taker? Should should they be spending $30,000 a month on cocaine like your generation was doing? You know, should they be spending $100,000 a week at strip clubs? You know, like, No. If that's what they want to do, if they want to go spend their money at a strip club, if they want to go do the cocaine, I bet you. If they, do what you want to do. Maybe not the cocaine, but well, you know, but but these guys watched their heroes die in their forties. Yep. And they're like, I don't, I want to be him, but I want to be around for my kids. I want to be him, but I don't want to die in my forties. Yes. So they've done that. Uh, to get off of our soapbox, <laughs> uh, let's circle back around to Rey Mysterio. Okay. Because uh, Dave Meltzer uh, threw something out there earlier that um, it looks like Ray's fine. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. That he was knocked silly by a move from Santos. So he took a move poorly. He took a move badly and probably has a mild concussion. Not that there's ever anything such as a actually mild concussion. It's all brain damage. But um, it looks like he's going to be okay, and he should probably be back pretty quick. Good. Um, but, yeah, they, they haven't – at no point in this write-up that I, I see from Dave did he use the word concussion. But when you say knocked silly and that they were dizzy, that to me reads concussion. Yes. You know, uh, so we're glad to see that, that Ray is going to be okay. Um, is there anything else that we need to uh, to bring up right now? Not that I can think of. Uh, the only thing else is it looks like we might see a heel turn from Street Profits. Because they're... they're setting them up with Bobby Lashley and it feels like a heel stable. Yeah. A uh, big money, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, where, where Bobby gives them like, <laughs> they g- gave him suits. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that feels like a heel. It feels stable. like a heel stable. It feels like a, which Lashley's a face right now. So I don't, I don't quite get that one. Lashley um, was a face when he went off TV. Yeah. He hasn't been on TV for a while, sure. and he's just now started coming back in this new role. Um, I could see it. I, I really hate WWE's penchant for, oh, we can put all the black guys together as a as a as a stable. Yeah, that's that's what they do, right? <laughs> I, I really hate that. Like, cool. Let's have Lashley. Let's have the Street Profits. Throw in somebody else. So that this isn't just the oh we took all the all the all the African American people on our our roster and put them in one group. I got it. Okay, Dolph Ziggler. You know what? <laughs> okay, I'm fine with it. We had to bring it around a third time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the only thing that, that really bothers me when they do this kind of stuff is they never. It almost always seems like they're they're factions and things of that nature. It's. Okay, you're the black guy, so you have to be on your thing, mm. right? And then everybody else, it, it doesn't seem to matter with, uh, you know, like Hispanic or that kind of stuff. You can be, we can put groups together there, but but if you're, if you're not, well, this is the group you get. Unless you're Chavo, and then we're going to make you white, and you're going to make you a white dude, <laughs> and even name you white. <laughs> yeah. Man, the '90s were something. Uh, that anyway, two thousands. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was that, early. 2000s, that was early. That was uh, that was early two thousands. That was what two thousand five. Probably around four or five. Two thousand six. Because like the only reason that stopped, yeah, is because Eddie passed. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And they were like, we we, we can't, we can't have we can't have Eddie's cousin right out here or nephew Eddie's nephew, nephew as a white guy as a white guy. When Eddie just passed this morning. Yeah. So, so um, with all of that said, I, I think that we've preached at you enough this week. Yes. Um, we thank somehow, you for. We somehow drug an hour out of this boring week of wrestling. Thank you for tuning in to your weekly sermon from the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> um, we want to say a huge thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gauche, Mississippi, for allowing us to use this space. They have all of the games that you could ever desire. If you want to come up here, check them out. Even if you don't want to come up here and check them out, drag your ass up here, check, check them, them out. out. Anyway. <laughs> they've got all the tabletop RPGs. If you want Dungeons and Dragons, they've got that. Uh, they've got some other cool ones in there that are look interesting. If you want to play board games, they've got all of the board games that you could be interested in. Magic cards, Pokemon, mm-hmm. Warhammer, all that kind of fun stuff. So come up here, check them out, sit down and play a game with somebody. If you don't know how to play it, there's somebody up here that does and is going to be happy to teach it to you. Yeah. Um, and while you're up here, swing over to Big Dog Liquor. They're just down the street here in Gauche. Go in there and get you a bottle of something good. You can get you a bottle of Jameson. Highly recommended from us. Yeah. You know, you want to try Bushmills? Grab that instead. Mm-hmm. Try that one out. Got a ton of different whiskeys, got a, you know, just about anything you can think of is in there. 
you can, uh, you know, if it's something you don't, you don't see, there might be a chance it can be ordered for you. Uh, you know, if you're a wine person, there are a ton of different wines in there and they, every month they do a different wine sale. So, Hey, maybe your brand is the one that's on sale. So stock up, uh, if you're military or if you are a senior citizen, they do discounts for those as well. So give them a shot. Yeah. See what I did there? Shot. Shot. Uh, uh, now that you're done listening to us, head on over and listen to our friends over at Travelers on the Omnibus. They are a field trip through nerd and pop culture, and they do all sorts of stuff. This week, this most recent episode was a sell me on it, where they mm-hmm. each talked about a piece of entertainment. It's a good way to put it that they enjoy and why you should check it out. They talked about punk rock. They talked about television shows, books. Give them a listen. You are actually going, you're going to truly enjoy that show and what those four guys bring together. Absolutely. And one of those guys, Jody, has his own show called Fearology, where he talks about horror movies and uh, horror tropes and all that kind of fun stuff on his own. So give him a listen as well. And if movies are your thing, check out our friends over at Silence Your Cell Phones. They talk about movies and bingeable TV shows. They do deep dives, talk about all of the stuff that goes into a movie or television show. They have a a weekly YouTube live stream, so check them out on that as well, or pick them up on your favorite podcast listening app. So I guess, really and truly, with all of that said, all of that said, I think that we are going to call it for the day. I'm going to go home and play Ocarina of Time. I'm probably going to go home and paint. So So there you go. Cheers. Cheers.